Warning: Deep Fix contains adult content and language. So if you don't touch processed foods but eat gummy bears, this may not be for you. And now, Deep Fix. Hello, and welcome to Deep Fix, where we get a fix of all of our favorite obsessions. I'm your host, Jen B. And this season, we're breaking down the iconic Real Housewives of New York City, seasons one through three. And this episode, we're breaking down Roni's season two, episode eight, Game, Set, Feud. Now, let's get our fix. Season 2, Episode 8 revolves around, as the title Game Set Feud indicates, the tennis match between Ramona and Mario and Jill and the mystery partner. Now, I loved this episode for several reasons, but mostly because it really does give us good illustrations and examples of the personalities at play here in these original Housewives seasons. And we see a lot of beginnings for the businesses that are being created for Ramona's skincare line, for Bethany's skinny girl line. It's so fun to go back and watch the original episodes. So with that, let's dive right into a quick summary of the episode, because it's turtle time. All right, let's jump right into a quick summary of the episode. So as for Jill, who is back to being the center of one of our episodes here, she is definitely in the mix. First, we see her run what I think is like a damage control operation for Kelly regarding Kelly's Madonna behavior at the charity event. And then we also see that she and Ramona finally set a date for the infamous tennis match that we've been hearing about for episodes on end, and which we do get to see finally play out this episode. And then more big things, we get a near final review of her condo renovations as Brad puts the finishing touches on her condo. We also get some really fun Jill and Bethany moments, the Lucy and Ethel moments, when Bethany comes over to Jill's apartment to see the makeover. But Jill's luck changes when her LA-based pro throws his back out and can't make it for the infamous tennis match versus Mario and Ramona. So Jill panics, but Bethany comes to the rescue with a hilarious suggestion of bringing Simon on as Jill's partner, which would really throw off Ramona. And Jill eventually agrees to play along, and the episode culminates with the tennis match, which is Mario and Ramona versus Jill and Simon. And as for Bethany, she is in full swing with Skinny Girl, trying to launch the brand and get her business off the ground. We see her meet with Alex for lunch to discuss the Skinny Girl logo, which recall Alex is helping her redesign. And then later, they meet up at Bethany's apartment to take photographs to help with that logo redo. We also get to meet Bethany's new assistant, Molly, and get some hilarious Bethany commentary, as usual. And we learn that she is writing a book called Naturally Thin. But most importantly for this episode, at least, Bethany comes up with the idea for Simon to step in as Jill's tennis partner, and we see why she makes such great, funny television. And as for Ramona, she casually mentions at Jill's charity event meeting that she is starting a skincare line. So stay tuned for that, because we do get to see more on that in the upcoming episodes and seasons. 
But the crux of Ramona this episode deals with the tennis match of with she and Mario versus Jill and whoever Jill's mystery tennis partner is going to be, which, of course, we find out is Simon. Although Ramona doesn't freak out as much as they were hoping. It, she really shows that she can keep it together. And then we have Luann. She takes a trip to the Boys and Girls Club to meet with a group of young girls to talk about self-esteem, which is a major cringe moment for Luann. And then, of course, we see her attend the tennis match as an onlooker wearing a Team Jill t-shirt. And she also gets a really big kick out of the Jill and Simon setup. For Kelly this episode, we do open up with Kelly getting a lot of praise for bringing in donations for Chill's charity event, which really seems, as I said earlier, like they're running damage control based on the Kelly versus Bethany episode, which seems a bit strange and quite set up, but we'll go with it for now. And then we get another cringeworthy scene of her flirting nonstop with Max, Maximiliano Palazzo. And then, of course, she attends the tennis match as well, because all of the ladies do. And then lastly, for Alex, it's nice. We get to see a lot of Alex on her own again. Um, We see that she's really getting into the mix more with the ladies as well, as she's helping Bethany with her Skinny Girl logo and the redesign. And then, of course, to close it out, she attends the tennis match where her husband, Simon, is the surprise guest. So with that, let's get to our deep dive of the episode, because it's time to mention it all. So season two, episode eight, Game, Set, Feud, opens up with Jill. And this is a really interesting scene. And I think perhaps we are starting to see the downfall of Bethany and Jill before we even know it. Because Jill is at her friend Christina's house. If you remember, she's the lady helping with the charity event. And Jill is there with Kelly and her daughter, Allie. And we see Christina, she thanks Kelly for getting really big donations to Jill's charity event. And the whole thing really seems like Jill is running some sort of damage control for Kelly based on her behavior at the Madonna incident where she said she's way too busy to help out with any of the charities. And so the whole thing just feels very set up, very inauthentic. I just I didn't like the vibe of it. If I was Bethany, I think I'd be a little pissed after what Kelly did to her on the last episode. You know, she's up here while Bethany's down here. So we see in Jill's confessional, she's explaining that Kelly came off poorly. And so she texted Jill after the meeting where she was Madonna and ended up coming up with really big donations. And we cut back to Christina and we get more of this kind of setup vibe because Christina's saying, well, you know, do we get all three of the items that you donated? They're so great. Or do we have to pick one? And then Kelly chimes in, no, no, all three and there's more coming. And then we get a classic Kelly where she says, to be honest with you, which is just, she says it all the time, to be honest. No, to be honest. It's just too much. So she says, to be honest, she's really more of an off the record kind of gal than on the record. She really doesn't need to have her name on things. And she's saying this as she's sitting on her first season of a reality TV show. I hardly think that that's off the record, Kelly, but I appreciate the attempt to create a narrative as to who you are, regardless of how untrue it actually is. And then we get a little more of Jill's confessional where she says, you know, what what am I going to kick a gift horse in the mouth? No. Christina continues to fawn over Kelly and says that some of the things that Kelly has donated are really priceless items, like a portrait session with Kelly's ex-husband, Jill Ben Simone, a very famous fashion photographer. 
So then we get Kelly's confessional where she says she knows that they needed big ticket items. That was one of the things they mentioned at the charity meeting that they needed. And she wanted to get them things that they don't necessarily have access to, which again, it's so pretentious. But okay, Kelly, these women are incredibly, incredibly wealthy, but okay. So she says she called her ex-husband and he offered to donate a portrait session, which she says is like a $25,000 item. Which I did catch because here's Christina saying, this is priceless. And Kelly's like, it's (laughs) $25,000. It's pretty funny. And then Ramona arrives. We hear her explain in her confessional that she and Jill haven't talked since the fight that Mario and she had at the page six party over the tennis match. So Ramona sits with the ladies and she explains that she has not only a watch sponsor, but also a clothing sponsor. And then she drops on us that she's working on a skincare line and she pulls out one of the jars of her new skincare, which doesn't have the packaging or the labeling or anything like that. But she says they should be ready in time for the charity and she's going to put something in each of the goodie bags. And you love she throws in, well, Christina, you said I had really great skin the other day. And Christina's like, yeah, I did. And she's like, well, this is what I do. And I will say, I really wish Ramona would have gone with this more and ran with it more like Bethany did with Skinny Girl. Because if there's one thing about Ramona that no matter whether you love her or you hate her, you can't deny it, she looks absolutely fantastic. She's in her 50s filming with these women, and she looks no older, if not younger than Bethany in her 30s. And so as she's pulling out her skincare line products and showing them, saying she's going to put them in the goodie bags, Allie, Jill's daughter, says, Ramona, when did you start a skincare line? And Ramona's response is that she's been working on it for over a year. So at this point, the ladies are about four weeks out from the charity event, and they're really feeling the heat to get things moving. And as Jill's kind of moving some paperwork around and writing some things down, Kelly says, Jesus, Jill, your diamond is literally as big as your eyeball. And we see Jill, she says to Kelly, well, you know, thank you, of course. She says, but this is just the baby. And then we get Jill's confessional where she says, wow, if Kelly likes the baby diamond, she should really see the mama, but that's in the vault. And I couldn't help but think of the old adage that I believe Dorinda brings up for us in later seasons of Roni, where she says, money talks, but wealth whispers. And let's be honest, post Kim Kardashian and that whole debacle, I don't think I'd be advertising anymore my jewels and what I do and what I don't have. And then there's some transition music that plays, and I couldn't help but noticing I I was reading their mouths, and I can tell that Ramona says something about she didn't want to get involved in the Jill versus Mario argument, and Jill says, no, I didn't want you to get involved. That's between me and him. And I noted that because I can't remember if in future episodes Jill gets on Ramona for not controlling her husband, but I felt like "Mm, you're telling her not to get involved because it's not between her. But anyway. So then we see as they're sitting at the table and wrapping things up, Ramona asks Jill if they are still on for their tennis match. And Jill goes, yep, October 7th. And she stands up and they shake hands. And Ramona says, well, that's great because that's the original date we were trying to get anyway. And Jill, of course, feigns ignorance, acts like she has no idea what she's talking about. And then she says it was just must have been a miscommunication. And then we get Ramona's confessional where she says, miscommunication, my ass. She just didn't want to play against Mario. I mean, please. And Kelly hears them talking about the tennis match, and she says, oh, I'd love to come watch. I'll, I'll be a, a spectator at the match. And then Jill says, and this is why I feel like we're starting to see a little bit of the cracks between Bethany and Jill, and Jill really doing things for camera and not for friendship. Because then Jill says, oh, Ramona, do you know what time? Because I know Bethany wants to come watch, but she's going to see a Madonna show that night. And she tries to make a joke. Oh, evidently, she's going to see Kelly and she laughs. But the whole thing just seemed very purposeful. 
And it really did seem, the whole scene seemed to me like all of a sudden Jill is on Team Kelly and she's taking shots at Bethany. So next we open up at Japanai. It's a restaurant in New York City. And Alex is going there to meet with Bethany to discuss the Skinny Girl logo. And I always have to say about Alex, at the very least, when we see her shopping or getting really nice presents from Simon, she does turn up in the other episodes wearing these things. So at least they're not spending money on crap they don't wear. I notice she's wearing the birthday earrings that she got from Simon on the boat birthday party. And she also arrives with a bunch of mock-ups. She brings them out and she's going over the old Skinny Girl logo, which the one that you see on the episode when they're doing the Hamptons, um, Jill's event at the Hamptons, where you see Bethany did the bar and she and Alex were talking about the Skinny Girl logo and what the hell. And that logo was at the time, it was what's supposed to look like Bethany sitting on top of a martini glass dressed as a baker with a tray of what Alex says looks like a pile of shit. It's just really, the whole thing was off. And as Alex is kind of going in saying, yeah, this just, what is this? This looks ridiculous. And then she apologizes for being harsh with her criticism as to the original logo. And I love Bethany's response. And it's one of the reasons we loved Bethany because she says, no, I love it. Who, you know, who criticizes more than me? I have to be able to take it. And then we get Bethany's confessional where she explains that going to Alex for help on this shows that she respects her talents and what she does for a living. And then she says, unlike Luann and Ramona and a little bit Jill, I really don't judge what she does to get ahead. Again, starting to see a little bit of the cracks. And I really don't think on Bethany's side, I think it's more on Jill's side because Bethany's just honest and she's not afraid to call Jill out. Jill just can't take any criticism whatsoever. And if you do criticize her, she comes in in full revenge mode. So then you see Alex, she asks Bethany, do you want the logo to actually look like you? Because if we want to go crazy, I can take photos of you and then draw you, you know, in terms of graphic design. And they seem to be having a really nice lunch. They're having a good time. And we see in Bethany's confessional, she says she feels guilty as Alex is helping her out with all of this for some of the negative things she said in the past. But we end the scene with Bethany telling Alex she's really excited and very much appreciates the help. And, you know, I really like this side of Bethany, and I don't think I noticed it really before when I was originally watching back when it was actually happening, because I always focused and laughed at her really snarky comments and kind of her sharp tongue and sharp wit. But as I go through this rewatch, I really can appreciate that Bethany is different from the other ladies and not just in the ways that are obvious. Bethany just isn't going along with kind of that mean girl society bullshit and bullying Alex for not being a part of it and kind of being pretentious and pretending to be. She's really just more about being a nice girl, helping each other out. She's trying to build her business, and I'm sure she doesn't want to build enemies on the other side. But again, as I'm going back and watching these, I'm starting to notice that she really was more of a nice girl while some of the other gals were in the mean girl club. And it was kind of shocking because she's always known for being so biting and harsh. And yet here she is being the, the nice one. So then we cut to Luann. She's going to the Madison Square Boys and Girls Club in Brooklyn to meet with a group of young ladies that call themselves the Smart Girls Group. She's been asked to go there and talk about self-esteem and confidence and we get an on-the-spot confessional with Luann, which we don't really see anymore, where she says she's been confident since she was a kid. And so she's perfect for this, right? And she meets with the girls and they sit around a table and they're talking and they decide that they're going to make a list of things that they like about themselves. Great start. So as they're talking, Luann says, well, do you know anything about me? And she explains that she's a countess and she goes on about herself and explains the family history of the De La Seps. And I'm sure these girls are like, great, lady, we could care less. 
But I got to give her credit because she does bring it back and explains that she is an American Indian from a small town in America. And look what ended up happening. She became a countess. So you never know what can happen and don't be afraid to go for your dreams. So I'll give Luann a little bit of credit here because she's going to need it after the next part of the scene. So now here comes the incredibly cringeworthy part for Luann. She asked the girls what they want to be when they grow up. And so one girl says she wants to be a model. And Luann asks her how old she is. She says she's 10 years old. And Luann says, OK, stand up. Oh, you're tall. That's great. How tall are you? That's fantastic. And so Luann says, oh, this is great. You're tall. You have a beautiful face. And there's plenty of time for you to grow. And you know what? Losing weight is the easy part. I mean, cringe. She's 10, Luann. And I mean, I'll give it to her. I guess she was a little chubby. But to tell a 10-year-old that she, the losing weight is the easy part when she says she wants to be a model, ooh, that just not a good look, Luann. But Luann finishes by telling her, you've got the basics and the rest of it is easy. So then we get to see a little bit of Luann's sporty side, even if she is in heels. She asks the gals if they want to play a little basketball in the gymnasium they have downstairs. So they all, of course, they're excited. They go, they shoot some hoops. And I noticed as she's shooting some free throws, she calls herself Lulu. Because you'll notice as the seasons progress, she gets called Lou a little more than Countess Luann. And it does look like they're all having fun. And we end with Luann's confessional where she says, you can see the girls were really happy. I took the time out of my day to come and talk to them. (laughs) It's like, oh, God, Luann. Of course they are happy. And the scene ends with Luann hugging and kissing the gals goodbye as she's leaving for the day. We open back up with Jill's Upper East Side condo and it is moving day and finishing touches are being placed in her home. And we see Brad is getting ready for Jill to arrive. So Jill finally gets there and we get a a kind of mini tour of the house and she loves it. And I will say overall, it's good. There's a lot of elements I really like. But in typical kind of Brad and Jill style, it's a bit tacky and a bit too much. There's just certain elements that have had they gone simple or not so over the top, it really could have been a great apartment. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It's very nice, but... I agree with Bethany, and we'll hear in a second what her thoughts are. I do have to mention, though, I love the new seating area that they created in kind of that dead space between her dining room and her living room. She used to have kind of a desk and nothing else there. They put a couch and a couple chairs and made a whole second seating area, which I did think was very creative and very smart. So it's not all bad. And as we go through the tour, we see that Jill loves the dining room the most. The kitchen is still being finished. There's guys in there painting. And of course, Jill tries to change the cabinet color and Brad very quickly moves on. No, it's great. We're moving on in Brad fashion, as he usually does when he tries to handle Jill. There's a few things that I think I would have changed right off the bat. The cabinet in the entryway, she's got this kind of long entryway hallway into her house. And on one side, they've put this mirror, kind of a, a bunch of different mirrors, which I think looks great. But on the other side, he's got this huge curio cabinet, like this big hutch. And it would have been great had he brought in some warmth and done it in like a a natural wood or something. But the whole house is blue and all shades of blue. The walls are blue and the cabinet itself is blue with gold accents. And it's just too much. So if I could choose one thing right off the bat that needed to just be replaced with something a little softer and more natural to, to bring some warmth in and not so much gaudiness, it would be the cabinet. And then we also hear, because in the main seating area where their TV is and those kind of things, there's a big U-shaped wraparound couch. It's kind of a silver velvet. I really like it. But Brad, of course, instead of putting one nice, again, bring some natural wood in to add a little warmth and not so much over-the-topness, 
but he instead has brought three small tables that spell the word pop. One's a P, one's an O, one's a P. They're all mirrored. They're completely mirrored. And he has them kind of in the middle of where where you would sit, where the table would go. But because it spells out the word, it's not, you know, a, a square or a rectangle. It's a very odd shape. I could tell it would make it really hard to get in and out of the seating area. And again, it's their main seating area. It's where you'd hang out and watch TV. And we see that Jill does not really like these glass tables. But of course, Brad says he disagrees and loves them and then walks away. And then we fade to black. And then in a great contrast, we open up with Bethany. She's in her tiny little apartment and she's chatting with her new assistant, Molly, about marketing and building the brand Skinny Girl and what they need to do. And clearly Bethany has had, I think they look like Bethany Bakes promotional photography that she would have had done because it's in her Bethany Bakes apron and she's holding baked goods in her hand. That's what the promo photos that they're going over look like. And we see Bethany maybe in a moment of of trying to get out ahead of Luann's comment about are they going to be retouched? She asks Molly, are those pictures retouched? That's retouched? Oh, God, that's scary. <laughs> and Bethany says, if that's retouched, what did it look like before? Good Lord. And we see Molly. She says, oh, stop. You're your own worst critic. And then we see the ladies. They're chatting about, again, more marketing and how they're building the brand. And Bethany says, how many do we have signed up for the newsletter? So clearly she's putting out through her Skinny Girl website or Bethany Bakes website, some sort of weekly newsletter. Molly explains right now they've got 4,500 signed up, but they're continuing to build. The domino effect is happening. And I love this because we see Bethany's business side here in action. She says, all right, well, we need 1 million in the next six months. She is She's just so driven and she gets it. She understands what it takes to build a successful business. And so in her confessional, we see her explaining that she's building a brand and it's incredibly time consuming and it's hard work and she really doesn't sleep a lot. And then we get one of her worst confessional looks. If you know, you know, she's in a purple kind of bustier, like satin bustier with a black blazer over it. She's got a big Luann type statement necklace on, but it's really it's her hair and makeup and her jawline that is the problem. It The whole thing just makes her look really smushed. And I know she has issues with her jaw. She ended up, um, I think, from grinding and had TMJ. And so she ended up getting Botox in her jaw, which re- finally relaxed her jaw. But I feel like she's in the midst of like major jaw lockup here. They just she looks like she has huge chipmunk te- cheeks and the makeup This season, whoever was doing her makeup, I've said it before when we talked about the opening tagline scene, she just, it's too vampy and too over the top. Whoever was doing her makeup that season, no bueno. So then we get our first mention of Bethany's authorship because she explains that she is writing a book called Naturally Thin, and she is in a full court press right now to get it out there, as we're seeing with her conversation with Molly. Bethany says, it's go big or go home. And we see them around her apartment. And I like this bit of confidence we see from Bethany. And and it becomes true. She says she feels like they are going to sell a lot of books. She just feels it in her bones. And as Molly's sitting at the dining room table, which is doubling as her desk, because Bethany's not trying to pretend like she's got some big operation going on. Molly says, hey, I just got an invite on Facebook to an I Love Simon Van Campen fan club. Bethany's like, what? And Molly says, yeah, there's 36 members. And so Bethany's like, I got to check this out. So they're looking at it and they're dying laughing at the picture he's chosen to put on the front, which Molly explains that it looks like it's the same picture that's from their family website. And Bethany's like, excuse me, they have a family website? So then we see them go and check out the family website and it is hilarious. They're reading quotes from it. They're kind of dying laughing. 
But then we do see Bethany. She says, all kidding aside, I really think Alex is talented. And just so you know, I'm having her help me with my logo. So then they come across on the website some narrative that Simon and Alex have written. And it says that they never try to be out more than twice a week. And Bethany's like, what? Don't you mean you'd never try to be in? She says, you're at the opening of a door. And I'm pretty sure you broke that rule like twice last week already. And then we see just a quick snippet of Bethany's confessional where she says, so they probably need to update that. Gives us a wry smile. But we end with Bethany saying, you know what? You got to love them. You do. You just really do. So we open back up with Jill. Bethany is coming over to see the apartment makeover and discuss some of the tennis match stuff. And we see Bethany's confessional talking about walking into Jill's house. And she says, well, Brad definitely marked his territory all over this apartment. She goes on and says, Jill's apartment is like Liberace, Versace, Cucaracci. It's like it's like Ivanka Trump. There's just dangling shit everywhere. <laughs> so Jill's really excited that Bethany's there to see the house. Bethany comes in. Jill's kind of explain, explaining it. And Jill says, what do you think about these this pop table, those POP all mirrored tables that Brad put in their main living space? You can tell Jill's not happy. And Bethany says, nah, I'm not really a fan. And so Jill's like, well, what do you think? What do you think about this? What do you think about the color? And Bethany says, well, you know me. I'm very simple. So I'm taking it all in. And Jill says, well, what about the color? And Bethany's like, it's blue. Yeah, 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 Jill says, but it, but it feels really good, right? So Jill, relax. And then we see Bethany's confessional. She says, if I had to be in Jill's apartment by myself for a weekend, I would think I took a hit of acid. She says, it's a lot, but it's Jill, which is true. So now they're sitting on Jill's new couch and she gets a phone call. And it's from Justin Gimmelstop. It's the L.A. tennis pro. If you remember from Mario kept saying, why are you having to bring out a pro from L.A.? This isn't we're supposed to have fun. I've got someone who you can play with. Well, the secret mystery man, it's Justin Gimmelstop. And Justin was a young, hot Jewish professional tennis player. He retired in 2007 from professional tennis. But he was ranked number 63 in the world, which Jill, I love. She does mention that in her confessional. And I checked it. It's true. He was at his top of his game, ranked number 63. And at the time, like I said, he was a hot, young Jewish professional tennis player. He's 31 years old at the time. And Jill explains that she's going to set him up with Bethany. But as luck would have it, he explains to Jill that he has hurt his back playing with Pete Sampras and he cannot come out from L.A. He's stuck in bed and he can't um, he can't even get out. His back is so bad. And knowing what I know about the production companies and the producers of these shows, I really thought that this was probably a setup where they had maybe on the side asked him not to show up. But he did have back surgery in 2006, which would have been a couple years prior to this episode airing. So who knows, maybe he really did get injured. But Jill's reaction is the best. It's so narcissistic. She first says, oh, Justin, I'm really sorry, and doesn't meet a beat because then she's like, I'm going to die. You can't do this to me. I mean, the poor guy, he just said he's laid up in bed, can't get out because of a back injury. And she's complaining because he can't make it to some TV show tennis game that means absolutely jack shit. It's just like, Jill, what does Bethany say? Get over yourself. And now remember, Jill said that she was going to set up Bethany with Justin Gimmelstop. And then there's this scene, and it struck me this way. I remember from the first time I saw it, and every time I rewatch this episode, I have the same thought. Bethany kind of yells out from the back, sorry about your back. And it's just, it's so funny because I feel like I've been that girl. And it just seemed really desperate and a red flag for her in relationships. 
it's a little bit of secondhand embarrassment when you see it. It's like, oh, Bethany, you're trying too hard. I really think as much as she tries to act like she's not going to give up everything for a relationship, which I do believe that's true. She's definitely really, really wanting to have a relationship. So now the bad news has been delivered to Jill and we see her confessional where she says, well, you know, now I don't have an ace in the hole and I'll admit it. I wanted to show off a little bit and bring some superstar and kick their ass. And it's just so telling because Jill's response is not one to be funny or kind. It's definitely she feels like she's been wronged. And if that's the case, she's got nothing but vengeance on the mind. And then Bethany looks at Jill and says, you're going to think I'm out of my mind. And Jill says, what, what, Bobby? Should I play with Bobby? And Bethany's like, no. She says, I have an idea because I know someone who plays tennis and fade to black for commercial, which I thought was so interesting because I will say one of the things I loved about this episode is they they culminate talking about the tennis match. And these days, because I feel like they try to stretch out the episodes for the housewives, we wouldn't see the tennis match that they're talking about for several episodes down the line, right? But I was totally shocked because here at the end, we get the tennis match. They're not making us wait another episode for it. But I pointed out this commercial break because I did love, I feel like they're starting to get a little bit of the cliffhanger vibe in The Housewives, where it's like to be continued, although this one was just for a commercial break, because they leave us hanging on what is Bethany's idea. So when we come back from commercial, Bethany is explaining that she just had lunch the other day with Alex, which we saw, and Simon plays tennis. And of course, Jill, because all she can think about is winning, says, well, how does he play? And Bethany says, well, probably decent, but it will really throw off Ramona's game because she hates him so much and she won't be expecting him to show up. So she will freak out. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is why Bethany is good TV. Jill's way was like, I feel like I've been wronged. I want to win. It's all about winning. I need to seek revenge and kick their ass. Where Bethany's approach is to make it funny and unexpected and inclusive, really, for the whole group just to, to boot. And so Bethany goes on and says, look, we can't even have like a dinner party with her with unexpected people without her freaking out. She does not like the unexpected. She doesn't like surprises. This is going to be funny. And so we see in Bethany's confessional, she says she just wanted to make a joke. You know, maybe Simon will wear something funny. She says, I mean, we're not at the U.S. Open, for God's sakes. And again, she's not taking herself so seriously. And it's funny and fun. And we ended up loving watching it as an audience. So we see Jill and Bethany, they're talking about the strategy and whether they should call Simon. And Bethany says he would quit his job to do this. He will literally be so happy. And Jill loves it. It makes her laugh. But of course, her first instinct, she says, well, maybe I should try to get another A player first. It's like she doesn't get it. She's just really she's so hyper focused on winning and making them look bad and seeking seeking her vengeance that she just she can't get out of her own way. And luckily she has Bethany because Bethany says, no, just show up with Simon. It's funny. You know, I always go for the humor and things like just call him. This is going to be good. So Bethany calls Simon. He answers the phone. He says he's sick as a dog, which you can hear it in his voice. He sounds like he has an awful head cold or flu. But Bethany gives him the details, explains their approach that Ramona's probably going to flip out. She does a hilarious impression of Ramona. And so Simon says, sure, I'm in. And I like, again, I like the side of Bethany. She says, you're sweet, Simon. Thank you for being a good sport. Because they're preying on the fact that somebody hates him and finds him annoying and doesn't want him around, right? And, and he's game. It's kind of one of the only times where I feel like his desperation to be on TV trumped his ego. And we see Bethany's confessional. She's like, Simon just wants to be one of the girls and be the center of attention. So now he gets to be included. This is perfect for him. 
And the scene ends with Bethany saying, this is funny. This is going to be good. And Jill agrees, but of course is a little upset and says, well, I was just still looking forward to a good game. And we fade to black as Bethany says, well, I was looking forward to meeting the pro. So we open back up with Bethany again, and Alex is now coming over to photograph her for the skinny girl logo so she can draw her on the computer. So Bethany opens the door. She's in her skinny girl shirt. And at first I thought, oh, she's so great at marketing. She's just really rocking that thing. But then I realized they're doing a shoot. So she was wearing that probably for two reasons. And we see Alex and Bethany. They sit down on the couch. They have a glass of wine. They chat and catch up. Bethany explains that she's been working a lot and really not going out very much. And Alex explains, well, that's funny, as every time I go out, I keep running into Kelly. And it's just a nice scene. Again, I like seeing Alex alone. And especially with somebody like Bethany, who's real, Alex knows she doesn't have to put on airs or pretend to be something around Bethany. So it's just the two of them sitting on the couch, having a glass of wine, getting to know each other, catching up. I really liked the scene. Then we open with Kelly. She's at the supper club with Max, Maximiliano Palazzo again. And we see Kelly, I I mentioned secondhand embarrassment before. I mean, this is like major secondhand embarrassment because it's just that fake flirting Kelly behavior. She opens up with, if you could be anybody, who would you be? Again, I feel like there's no, there's never a connection. It's always very surface with her. And we see Kelly's confessional. She says he's a really attractive, amazing person. Of course, total Kellyisms. And as Kelly explains, it's a flirt fest. And then we see Max talking about he got sparkles on his face because of her makeup and just even her responses. Everything is just, it's very disconnected. It's, It's an interesting scene. You wouldn't necessarily know it just kind of watching it that it's off. But when you know Kelly, you can see how it's just, there's something off about her. And then we get Kelly's confessional where she explains to all of us that everyone wants to go out with Max, but Max wants to go out with her. So then we go to Simon and Jill. They are arriving at the tennis courts to have a practice round before the big match with Ramona. Jill explains that she called Simon the night before to ask, you know, no BS. Can you actually play tennis? Which I liked. It shows a little bit of Jill and kind of the behind the scenes. There are phone calls going on that we don't necessarily know about as we watch the episodes unfold. So they go on. They're practicing. Jill is being Jill, kind of bossing him around. But at the end, Jill says she's excited because he's no pro, but he can play. And we get a lot of on-the-spot confessionals during this tennis match, which I love. They don't really do them anymore, but I'm going to start a campaign that they should bring back the -the on-the-spot confessionals. And then we get one of those on-the-spot confessionals with Simon where he says this practice is going to help them. That is, if they don't walk off the court when they see that I'm playing, which I like it. Simon kind of gets the joke, right? So they're done practicing and Jill tells Simon that she wants to see how classy Ramona and Mario really are because they really should just be nothing but nice to Simon. And Simon says, you do understand that the last time I saw them, I walked off calling them hypocrites. So and we fade to black. And then we get this little one off scene with Bethany and Jill, which I really love. It's just again, it's great television. It's clearly the same day that Bethany was there getting the tour of the condo, the remodeled condo, but they're, it's just later in the day and they're in her kitchen. And Jill explains with much despair that her housekeeper Lily has quit. And Bethany's in the refrigerator grabbing some ingredients, probably making lunch. And she says, well, maybe she couldn't take all the blue tones. It's so great. And then Bethany's cooking and Jill is still upset. She goes, well, I don't like change. It's too much for me. I can't handle it. You know, typical Jill. And Bethany's like, well, you better handle it because life is a lot harder than that. 
And the scene ends with Jill saying that she's just trying to get her life a little more simple. And Bethany responds with, yeah, you can tell by the apartment. It's so good, you guys. It's just classic housewives. And Bethany does it better than almost everybody else. So now the big tennis match is upon us. We open up at City View Tennis Club, which is a world-class private membership club. And we see Ramona and Mario. They're practicing. They're getting ready for Jill and her mystery partner to show up. We see Kelly and Allie and Brad arrive. And then Jill's sister and Christina and probably a couple of other friends of Jill's. They all arrive in, of course, Team Jill shirts, to which we hear Ramona say in her confessional she thought was very gauche. Then Bobby also arrives. The whole Team Jill is making their appearance. And then we get a Mario confessional where he explains that Jill has been telling them for several weeks that she's bringing a pro from California. Mario says, who knows? It's probably someone like Pete Sampras. Uh, Pretty damn close because Justin Gimmelstop did say he hurt his back playing tennis with Pete Sampras. But I'm sure Mario, he's in the tennis world. He knows which pros are out in L.A., right? So then Luann and Bethany arrive. Bethany looks out onto the court and says she's definitely taking the seat on the end for obvious reasons, which is because it's away from Kelly because the other seat's next to her. And in Bethany's confessional, she explains that she doesn't do the Jill Ramona kind of drama stuff. Kelly is irrelevant to her. She's got nothing to say. She's not going to go, you know, sit by her and cause trouble. Just she's not interested. And again, I just have to point out how shocked I was when I heard them talking about the drama surrounding the tennis match. And then we actually got to see the tennis match in the same episode. I really wish Bravo would take note because the to be continued stuff should really only happen once in a blue moon. You can have the drama and then the actual result showing in the same episode. Give it, give us what we want. So then we see Luann. She's asking Mario if he knows who Jill is bringing as the, the mystery tennis player. Mario explains he has no clue, but it's definitely going to be someone decades younger than he is. Because as he says, she's definitely looking to stack the deck. And Bethany's in the background, and you can tell she is eating this up. She loves it. We see her ask Mario, so you think she's got some uh, young buck, huh? She's bringing some young, young stud. And Bethany explains in her confessional, she kept it a total secret that Simon was going to be the partner. She didn't tell a soul. And because Mario can be so pompous and arrogant at times, it was funny to see him kind of panicking and getting a little anxious about this. So we see Bethany prodding Mario a bit more. She's saying, you know, things like, do you think you can take him? You're going to be able to take the guy? And Mario's response is no, because that's not how Jill operates. And I hate to say it because he is being a little bit of a dick, but he's spot on because short of Justin Gimmelstop not being able to come out, that is exactly what she was doing. She was getting somebody who was 20 plus years younger than Mario, who's a tennis professional, to come out and play and kick their ass. Mario called it. Ramona called it. It was only because of Bethany's intervention that it become something fun. So then we see Alex arrive. She says she was totally behind the idea of Simon playing. She loved it. She thought it was hysterical. And she knew that Ramona would totally freak out about this. So when she arrives, though, Mario notices that she's without Simon and he questions her about it. He's like, it's hard to believe, you know, where is he? We're filming and he's not here, which is great accidental foreshadowing by Mario. I'm sure the producers were loving it. And then we see Simon's confessional where he explains that Ramona was hanging out in the lobby and just wouldn't leave. And it becomes very clear Ramona is trying to see who it is that that Jill's bringing so she can go run and tell Mario before he shows up. So Ramona is posted in the lobby in between the elevators and the tennis court. And as Simon explains, the element of surprise was everything here. So he was trying not to be seen. 
even going as so far as sitting in the back seat of the car for an hour as the producers were trying to figure out how to get him in. Which I'm sure it's like the guy's got the flu. He's being stuck in the backseat of a car for an hour. The whole thing. I mean, good for Simon. Then we see Jill's confessional. She explains that she got off the elevators and Ramona was doing all these stretches and moves. In Jill's confessional, she says she looked like an ass. And it's just, it was just so mean. It was, I I felt like it was a little bit of a tell for Jill. It's like she just kind of takes it to the next level. But Ramona is hanging out there. She's with her friend Joni, who we've met before, and her daughter Avery. And Ramona's like, okay, just just tell me his name. Just I want to know who it is. And Jill says, no, it's a surprise. And then we go back to Jill's confessional where she's just on one. And she says, nope, she just sat her ass right there outside the elevator. Jill is so angry. And she's more, again, I, I think Mario kind of called it when she's all about winning and revenge. So as Jill walks out, of course, Mario's first thing he says to her is, under the USTA rules, you are almost late enough where you would have had to forfeit. And Jill's like, whatever. And then we're cutting to scenes, seeing Simon having to dart in and out because Ramona is walking around and all of a sudden he comes around the corners like, ah, so he's kind of playing like hide and seek with Ramona. But then Joni nails it. She goes up to Ramona and said that she heard Simon is here. One of their friends saw him. And she goes, I think that might be the partner. And Ramona's like, no way, no how. He's just here because he wants to watch the match. But Joni was right because then, dun da 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 Simon walks out in his tennis gear and his tennis racket. And everyone loves it. Everyone's dying laughing. But Jill, I have to say, she still doesn't get it. She she just can't appreciate how fun and light it made everything. But again, she's all about winning in this moment. And then we get a confessional of Luann. And she says he comes out looking like an 80s aerobic instructor, which it was hysterical because he does. He has white shorts on, white t-shirt, a white headband, and the wristbands. It's so classic. And one thing I noticed is we even see the other cameras filming behind Simon as he's kind of talking to Luann or somebody, which you would never see any longer. This is only going to happen in early Real Housewives episodes. There's another cameraman in the background filming probably Ramona and Jill talking or something. And believe it or not, Ramona doesn't really have a huge reaction. She kind of takes it with a grain of salt. And everyone says that they're disappointed that Ramona didn't have a bigger reaction and didn't freak out. And we get Ramona's confessional where she says she was so annoyed she was past reaction. (laughs) So then the game begins and Simon really sucks in the beginning. Recall he's really sick and he's been sitting in the backseat of a car for an hour. And it's really becoming quite boring. And Bethany says it's like watching a slow, painful death. And you can tell at this point, Mario realizes he's not going to be challenged. You can tell his biggest worry was looking like an idiot out there because he is a professional tennis player as well. But so now he's just kind of trying to give some tips to Simon and Bethany says, oh, God, look at his smugness. But as the game progresses, you can see Ramona and Mario are pissed. They're bored. This is a waste of time. It's not interesting or fun to watch. But then Simon goes and has Alex get him his glasses. He can't really see anything. And as Bethany says before this, it was really just quite a snooze fest. And as Ramona explained, Simon actually brought down her game because she was so disinterested in the game. But Simon kind of comes back in the end and Jill really shows up and starts playing a great game. So they try to make it a little interesting in the end. But Simon says we got whipped. But Jill explains that if Simon had played the way he did in practice and with the way that she was playing, they would have had a chance at possibly winning. But Ramona in her confessionals, she says she can speak for the two of them, she and Mario. They were insulted. 
Ramona says it's disrespectful to bring somebody like that against Mario and kind of ruin the game. And she says, just like it would have been disrespectful to invite a top player in the country and try to kick our ass. It's the same thing. And as Jill explained, she is such a better tennis player than Ramona. But because of that, it's really just an empty win. I mean, she's so much better than Ramona. And it was Mario versus Simon. I mean, please. What glory is there in winning this, she says. So again, trying to trying to cut Ramona out at her knee. She shouldn't have any pride in winning this. It was a ridiculous game. And she's clearly a better tennis player than Ramona is. And the episode ends with Mario telling everybody, thanks for coming, everyone. And we fade to black. Well, that's the end of this episode. But join us next week when we break down Roni's Season 2, Episode 9, Wife in the Fast Lane. And as always, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Deep Fix Podcast. And you can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or most other places you get your podcasts. Until next time, see y'all then.